Hello there, Kung Fu Cowboy and a cat named Bear. He was just bugging me for something to eat. <laughs> I sometimes break the rule when we have a, something to eat about 10 o'clock or so, but I'm trying to actually uh, stop eating about 8 o'clock, even though I go to bed about midnight. Because if you want to not have acid reflux, all you need to do is stop eating two hours before you go to bed. That's it. And uh, as I've gotten older... I find that if I want to avoid having headaches, and in particular migraine headaches, all I have to do is avoid eating before I go to bed or eating sweets or sometimes even peanut butter, which I've heard causes migraines. And I discovered that having a peanut butter sandwich late at, you know, at 10 o'clock, between 10 and midnight, boom, I'll wake up with a headache. So eat your peanut butter during the day. There you go. Health advice from the Kung Fu Cowboy. And, uh, yeah, I was just going through a bunch of pictures of bear that I was pulling out so I could use them for episode pictures and stuff. And it was, you know, kind of heartwarming seeing all the pictures of the two of us. Uh, um, he lived with me in my Tacoma truck from, what was it, September 2014 until October 2019. So about five years, uh, you know, we, we lived together in that Tacoma truck. And there's... Oh, there's a few pictures in the Tacoma truck, which I took, which are kind of cute. Him getting in and out of the car or sitting on top of his little tub, which was next to the, uh, in the passenger seat. And uh, when he sat up there, he was at the same height as the window. So when I'd pull up at an intersection and there was a car next to me, they'd look over and see this big black cat just sitting there looking at him. <laughs> Freak a lot of people out. A lot of people liked it. But, uh. Yeah, but he was he was real good about driving around anywhere, you know, from zero to 35 miles an hour. But the moment I'd go on the freeway, he'd that made him too nervous. And he'd have to go in the back, and there was a couple places he'd sit, and uh, or he'd go behind underneath my uh, passenger seat. And uh, that was his favorite place over the last couple of years. He would go over my lap and then crawl between the door and my driver's seat and uh, sit in the place behind me that I'd keep cleared out for him back there. So when I was on the freeway, that's where he would usually be. He was probably in a safer position than I was. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's see. Today we're going to have some fun. Let's see. I'm uh, um, going to, I'm supposed to, I've got, I'm looking at notes that I, I jotted out. When I was living in my car a couple years ago, I started these podcasts because I was making them on uh, Spotify. And Spotify had a special app you could use to actually make podcasts on your phone. And not having a computer and having to work from the library a couple hours a day, I, I decided, well, hey, you know, this would be a good way for me to make a bunch of podcasts. And so I, I got started in those and made a bunch of them. I tried to share them with my friends, but uh, uh, my poverty friends and low-life friends and homeless friends were not very supportive of anything I did. So I wasn't able to get much encouragement. And uh, I kind of abandoned the project for a uh, well, almost two years. Uh, well, actually, um, I, 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 yeah, in the end of 2019, and so all of 2020, I didn't do anything. And now I realized that I was in Spotify, you know, getting ready to release an album. And I go, hey, those podcasts are there, and some people are looking at them. So I thought, well, maybe I should keep them going rather than just let them die and wither. <laughs> and so, you know, I, now I feel kind of obliged to follow through on something I started a couple of years ago when I was living in my car. So this is one of those podcasts, Kung Fu Cowboy and a Cat Named Bear. So I've got a few episodes sketched out here, and um, let, let's just follow what I'd planned uh, from a couple of years ago and uh, go forward until we decide to 
get into some new territory and I got all kinds of new projects I want to do. So in this episode, episode six of the Kung Fu Cowboy and a Cat Named Bear, I'm supposed to talk about uh, the original Buddhism. Now, the original Buddhism is 2,500 years old, started by Shakyamuni Buddha in India. And um, in, and the reason he started this religion is very similar to the reason Martin Luther started his Lutheran religion and broke away from the Catholics. The Catholics were selling, uh, I used to know all the names for this stuff, but they were selling, selling tickets to the afterlife and places in heaven with God, and you give them more money and you get a closer seat to God wherever he was sitting, supposedly. And he, he realized that that was really corrupt, and, and plus they were doing lots of other things in the church that he didn't agree with and uh, getting away with quite a bit. Um, it's, it's kind of, when you look at um, any kind of course, that when you go to college and you want to take a history course or an English course or a music course, you should really kind of judge it by the people who come out of that course. Do they come out of it a good musician? Do they come out of it a good English teacher? Do they come out of it a good history professor? So you kind of judge the uh, program by the, well, they, by the results. <laughs> what are they creating? And uh, one of the reasons I ended up leaving Catholicism is because I realized that the Catholic religion was not creating better people. In fact, uh, we could look at a lot of the most evil and sinister and deadly, murderous people in history as being Christians. So, so anyway, uh, um, I, I had no reason to stick around in Catholicism. But then I felt really guilty, you know, about, you know, I thought, oh, you know, because they put all this guilt trips on you. And they st I started, you know, being indoctrinated by the Catholic religion when I was a very young kid, going to church every Sunday and catechism once a week. So, you know, they, they had their hooks in my brain. And it was very difficult when I was a teenager trying to talk to God and ask him what was right and wrong and never getting an answer. And, uh, you know, feeling uncomfortable about things that I thought were right. But I thought, well, they tell me that God doesn't like these things or something. And, you know, it was it was very difficult for me. So religion was more troubling than comforting for me. But it was good that I had a morality. I mean, I had rules and I had these fears that God was watching and, you know, and then I was going to be judged. And oh, speaking of bear. Hello, bear. What do you want? I heard you. What do you want? Well, what do you mean? It's after 10 o'clock. I'm not supposed to give you a snack. Well, I, I think you've kind of got me cornered here. Um, I want to continue this podcast, and you're interrupting it, and I don't think you're going to... Yep, you're clawing at my leg. All right, I'm going to put the pause button, and um, Bear obviously is participating. I'm going to be back in a minute after I give him a snack. Okay, I'm back. And, uh, yeah, got, in fact, I took a picture. I've had to pick him up, and he wanted to get up on my shoulders, and he started purring, and then I took him into the kitchen and uh, got him a little snack. And so, anyway, <laughs> did I bribe him, or did he blackmail me? Or well, Anyway, or maybe blackmail is not the right word, but anyway. So, anyway, he got his snack, and uh, here we go. Anyway, I was talking about the original Buddhism and how it was created by uh, Siddhartha Gautama when he, was, he thought that basically the Hindu religion had, was taking advantage of people. And so um, his actual reason, or the way that he found 
he, he actually discovered Buddhism was he was looking for enlightenment, though. It wasn't, he wasn't really motivated by that reason to, to create that new religion. He was just looking for something. And he, he didn't want, I guess, what was readily available, like I said, buying a, a ticket to God. And he was a he was a wealthy. He was raised as a wealthy son of a warlord, a prince, Prince Siddhartha. So he had access to religion and and sages and stuff. But I guess he wasn't satisfied with that. He was looking for something else. And he went off and suffered for seven years in the in the forest, you know, starving himself and. Uh, some people say even mutilating his body because a lot of those ascetics, those monks, they were just torturing themselves, trying to find some sort of enlightenment. And um, and, and it's, it's admirable to think that someone would go to such extent to find enlightenment, but it's, a, it's really a shame that someone would have to suffer so much to think that they can get a little smarter. So anyway, he ended up becoming enlightened. And uh, created the original Buddhism, of which I'm writing about um, in another one of my other identities, me as Buddha Z. I'm putting out an eight-book series called Four Noble Truths Explained by Buddha Z. It'll be eight. It'll be an eight-book series. And uh, the first couple of books will give a kind of an introduction, and you know warm up the topic and everything. And then there will be four books that will just delve into the four truths. You know, the, the first truth is that life includes suffering. The second truth is that all suffering ends. The third truth is that you can have an effect on when and how that suffering ends. And fourth, you can lead a path through life which you can avoid the suffering or minimize it or be prepared for it, whatever it is. Have, you know, so that's actually the basis of all Buddhism. And then everything you learn after that is how to conquer those four steps. So four of the books will be based on each one book being involved with each one of those levels. And then the last couple will be how to use it, how to, how to actually employ it in your life and give samples and examples and stories and things to inspire and enlighten in terms of using the Four Noble Truths. And, of course, all the um, additional information that was created to make it easier to deal with those truths. Because just because you have mental suffering, you know, you, you, need, you might need help figuring out how to fix it. If you've got a physical problem, you might need help figuring out how to fix it. But anyway, we'll get to that later. So there you go. Now, I'm supposed to give a, K, a Kung Fu Cowboy update. And uh, the update is, is that um, this year I've actually purchased Logic Pro, a music program, a DAW, a digital audio workstation, the same thing they use for making soundtracks to movies. And I've never used it before. I've been using Pro Tools, or I was using Pro Tools for about 10 years. And then I became homeless, and uh, yeah, and then I, well, you'll see a picture of my little Zoom recorder in my little studio. I took a picture of Bear and I just a minute ago before I went into the kitchen to feed him. So I think I might use that as the picture for this podcast. So you may get a picture of my Zoom recorder. It's a four-track recorder, so I can record four different tracks of instruments. And on each of those tracks, I can actually then record another, like if I can record guitars on track number four, then I can record another track right over it, and it'll say both of them. And then I can go to, um, when I mix down the end of the line album, which is the only album I finished using this Zoom recorder, I took it over to a friend of mine's house, uh, Scott Karahadian, and he helped me mix the album, and he was able to unpack those different tracks 
and like a vocals and find the best vocal that I had cut. And uh, so even though I was kind of recording it on four different tracks, I was able to record a couple different, a little bit more than four tracks on this thing. So it really did me well. And that's what the end of the line album is. It's this four track recorder. And <clears throat> when I'm listening to the tracks, I can only listen to the three that I've other, the other three that I might've recorded on and then record on one and then, you know, listen back to all four of them. And, you know, and that's, that's how I did the end of the line by American Zen. It was recorded on this Zoom recorder. And I started several other records, and I was just um, talking about on, on another podcast about the Memorial Day album. But let's, let's, stay, let's stick to the topics here. And uh, the Kung Fu Cowboy album, I've been working in this. So anyway, the first album I'm going to record on this Logic Pro, this new music production application, will be the first Kung Fu Cowboy album titled Scorpion Resurrection. And I'm really excited because one of the things I can do with this is just like making a soundtrack album for a movie. <clears throat> I can get all these orchestra samples and combine them and create music soundtracks exactly the same way that most movies are done. Very few uh, movies go through the expense now of hiring an orchestra and recording all the instruments. It's very expensive to do that and paying all those musicians and renting the huge big studios that it takes and the personnel to record it and everything. That's a very expensive project. A lot of fun and I look forward to doing, doing that again. I've worked out of many, many um, professional studios. In fact, I've never recorded at Universal Studios, but I was actually hired because I used to be a studio carpenter. And so I actually remodeled Universal Studios' uh, main studio uh, years ago. And I was hanging out at Universal Studios, and I could tell stories about all the different movie stars I was hanging out with <laughs> when I was working there. But anyway, and um, in fact, I think it was, yeah, it was Universal Studios when I was hanging out with Michael J. Fox, too, back in the um, early 80s, like, what was that, 85 or 86, when he joined me on stage when I was doing the uh, rock opera, Coyote in a Graveyard. He got up with us and performed that song, uh, Johnny Be Good. He said he was practicing for an upcoming movie he was going to make or something like that. And, uh, and he ended up using that song, Johnny Be Good, in the um, Back to the Future movie or something. And, uh, in fact, he said... Yeah, well, I, anyway, we'll have to go back. And then he was going to make another movie called Bright Lights, Big City or something. I think maybe there was some performance in that. So anyway, my band was kind of a, a band for him to get up and jam with him, you know, feel what it was like to be on stage. So I've actually performed with him on stage, performing Johnny Be Good, that song. Um, but anyway, let's get back to this Kung Fu Cowboy album. It's ready for the trombones. That's going to be the one thing I'm going to learn. So as I learn how to play the orchestra now, and record the orchestra, one of the first things I'm going to do is trombones. And I purchased some special, you know, trombone programs that probably very few people are aware of. They, you know, they're very new and they're, they're really just awesome. But they were made just for trombone players, you know, to make really custom trombone tracks. And that's what I want because I used to be a trombone player. So I'm really excited. So the Scorpion Resurrection album is going to be heavy with trombones. <laughs> That's my goal. It's going to have a trombone section behind it, a rock and roll album with trombones. So there you go. There's your update on that album. I'm not sure when it'll be done. Now, if I could get it done, I, uh, I re the last American Zen album I, I released was End of the Line on July 4th on 2014. And then I recorded and wrote and recorded in one day the Memorial Day album that same year, later that year. But um, July 4th is kind of like an American Zen holiday tradition, you know, being an American band. And so 
Um, I don't know if I'll be having done, have this album done in time for this July 4th, but it gives me a goal to work for. And if I can get some momentum going here, it's a possibility. I just don't want to make that promise right now. All right. So now I'm supposed to read to you from the Super Soul book. And uh, it's only an ebook right now. And I've recorded the audio book for it, but I haven't got it ready to go out. I've got a couple other albums I may, or books I may release first, but I'm going to release a whole series of audio books coming up. And so um, this is going to be one of them, the Super Soul series. And uh, so here we go. I'm going to be reading from my phone because that's all I've got it on is the Kindle. So Buddha Z wrote this book. I wrote, or I wrote it under the name Buddha Z. And uh, it was kind of a joke at the time because I was trying to create a, uh, uh, well, Buddha Z is the Buddhist rapper. And I call it Buddha rap. And it's starting off with some really mean, cynical, <laughs> not hateful, but, you know, really cynical, caustic poetry that I wrote you know, back in 2015 when all these um, black people around me were doing rap music all the time. Every single day I was hearing rap music everywhere. I was seeing rap artists all over the place recording and stuff. And uh, they were anyway, so I was really immersed in this rap thing, which is not an entirely positive thing, despite your perhaps preference for that. So um, I just decided that, okay, you know, it was influencing me enough that I, I was able to make a stab at it. But I couldn't get any of those um, rap artists to record my poetry, you know, because at that time they only wanted to do it and they wanted to wing it. Nobody was really reading it. They were just like, they, they would just have to be off the cuff. And that was the big challenge was to record your rap song without any kind of paperwork and just whatever you could do off the top of your head. And that was their big challenge. So certain riffs and or riffs, they were like sentences, which became their riffs, like a guitar player learns certain riffs and then he puts them together to make a song. Well, that's what they were doing. They were creating all these vocal riffs and then they would kind of piece them together and do it. And once in a while, they would come out decent. And I would listen to them. Well, I had no choice. <laughs> they were all around me. And I was living at the park, you know, and uh, in my car. And so I would hear them at the park. And so I couldn't get away from it. But anyway, so I created uh, rap music. So let's see. But how did I get onto that? Let's get back to the Super Soul thing. This is Super Soul 13, which was actually written in 2013, uh, which was the first year when I was really totally homeless. I wasn't didn't realize I was homeless in 2012 because I spent the first few months in Las Vegas or half a year with uh, my Kung Fu brother who ended up kicking me out of his house. He said I could be there for a whole year and he would support me and I could teach at his school and he was going to help me start my own school in Las Vegas. And anyway, he ended up throwing me out on the street and that's how my homelessness began. And so I had to get some temp jobs and save up enough money to, to make it back to L.A. But when I came back here, the YMCA wouldn't rehire me. I was out of their annual budget and they weren't going to try to squeeze me in because I had about five, six classes a week I was teaching there for 25 bucks an hour. So that was a little bit of income. And then I was teaching at Parks and Recreation, but I only had like a, a dozen students and, and could only get a few of them to say they would sign up right then and there, you know, when I came back. And so I couldn't get my feet off the ground. And, and then I decided to maybe go to San Diego because my relatives said, oh, they'd help me set up my nonprofit, Tai Chi Youth, and give me some students. So I thought, okay, I'll go down there. And so that was what I did for the remainder of 2012 is I went down there and spent six months trying to start my nonprofit, and all my relatives blackballed me. They wouldn't even invite me to their kids' birthday parties and stuff so I could, you know, get students. They just didn't want to help me. It was totally weird. And so they went from being saying that they would support me to totally blackballing me when I got there. So 
I spent six months in misery just doing, uh, immig- I was working with illegal immigrants, shoveling gravel and sand and stuff like that, injured my arms, doing, doing the wheelbarrows too. But that was all I could find, you know, was, you know, get 15 bucks an hour, you know, digging ditches. And so that's what I did for six months and worked as a stagehand uh, a couple days a week also, yeah, which is how I got the scorpion bite, which became the scorpion resurrection story. So anyway, so the Super Soul 13 was the next year when I came back to L.A. So at the end of 2012, Scott Karahadian approached me and said, hey, I want to make a movie. I just graduated Chapman Film School, and I want my first movie to be called Kung Fu Cowboy, and I want you to star in it because you're the Kung Fu Cowboy. And I said, wow, that's the best offer I've had in the last couple of years. <laughs> so I packed up all my stuff and moved up there, and, and uh, he had an apartment, and I would we'd work each day on the screenplay. And then I would go uh, over to my where my kids uh, were living and and park my car out in front of there so I can kind of see them a little bit and uh, hang out. And, uh, well, I didn't really hang out much, but I was trying to be close to my kids. That was my last stab and the end of my relationship with my kids. I, well, that was it. <laughs> it's been a year. In 2014, they moved uh, north end of the valley up to Simi Valley. And then I would go up there and visit them for dinner. But anyway, after about a year of trying to go up there and I couldn't drive. My car broke down. So then they never visited me in all the years that I was homeless. My kids never visited me. So that was the end of my, my family life. But this is 2013 when I was still trying to be friends with my kids. So this is Super Soul 13, Discovering the Soul of God. And uh, let's see if I explain the story so I can just read the book and see if it tells the story. Super Soul 13, Discovering the Soul of God by Buddha Z. And like I said, that was kind of my new rapper name. And uh, published by Shaolin Communications, which is me. And copyright 2014 by Shaolin Music. That's my music publishing company in ASCAP. And uh, let's see. Oh, quoted text. There's a lot of quoted text in here. Is courtesy of the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust International which you can find at krishna.com, and it's used with their permission. I submitted this book to them, the rough draft of it, and they really liked it. They said they'd never seen anything like it, and they gave me permission to use as much as I wanted of the book, and I used a lot, as you'll see. Published, edited, and typeset by Richard Del Connor. First edition was released on March 12, 2014. This book is the first edition released by Shaolin Communications, author Richard Del Connor, Chinese name Shenlong Zhen or Buddha Gen, which is Buddha Z. The English translation of the Chinese name, of my Chinese name, is Spirit Wolf of Truth. My musician name was the Hippie Coyote of American Zen, a.k.a. Kung Fu Cowboy. Yeah, after, um, in 2014, when I finished the eighth album of American Zen, that was it. I'd only planned to make eight albums with American Zen. And so that uh, next year, I completed that journey and became the Kung Fu Cowboy. And, it's been, I haven't really introduced myself as Coyote since then. Uh, that's kind of like, that was me as a kid or a young adult, and now I'm Kung Fu Cowboy, a senior citizen, which I'm having trouble grasping. Um, let me see, hold my phone up here. Richard Del Connor decided to pursue a life of music, poetry, and performing, despite his parents wishing otherwise. Yes, my parents have never ever compliment well they've never read a book or listened to one of my records or supported me or complimented me um actually they've denounced my music entirely they won't talk about it even to this day they won't talk about my music or writing they think it's wrong 
<laughs> it's weird. I got the wrong parents. I was, anyway, I was really born into the wrong family. In 1967, at age 13, Richard started performing with rock and roll bands for parties and school dances. Singing songs by the Animals, the Beatles, and the Rolling Stones, Richard's songwriting echoes these artistic influences as a classic rock artist. Richard was a disciple of the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, beginning with White Lotus Silum Kung Fu in 1980. Richard O'Connor, I was called O'Connor for about 27 years. Hey, I hear bear. Yeah, bear scratching at the door. Hi there, bear. And he runs away. <laughs> He's just trying to bug me. <laughs> I got a little kid. Hello, bear. Hi, bear. I think he's seven years old. And, and I got to admit, he acts like a seven-year-old kid. Look at that little kid. He's just running in and out of this room. I'm recording. <laughs> anyway, uh, Richard, uh, 19, let's see, uh, Richard O'Connor graduated the Thai Mantis Kung Fu programs to become a Shaolin Kung Fu master, Tai Chi teacher, and Zen priest of his own Chan Buddhist sect, Shaolin Zen. After founding Shaolin Chi Mantis traditional Buddhist Gong Fu in Tai Chi Chuan in 1992. In 2008, Richard founded the Buddha Kung Fu Schools and 12-step, 12-week Kung Fu Boot Camp. There's a whole story on that. Look at that kitty. Then he runs away. <laughs> uh, and you can file this book under religious studies of Hindu and Zen Buddhist and Catholic Christian, you know, because I think I must talk about that a little bit, you know. So let's see. Um, where are we? Okay, here's the table of contents I'm going through. Actually, I, I sometimes like to read the table of contents. It gives you a kind of idea what's going on here. Uh, chapter one, these are the different um, essays that kind of comprise chapter one. Material life, yoga, Bhagavad Gita Vedic scriptures, human nature, three types of material nature, karma, four divisions of human society, the six aggressor types, the angels and demigods, happiness is godliness, eternal religion, the God element, to serve, dharma, the pure life, polluting the words of God, the two-soul concept, messages from God, saintly persons, the next life, misery, anxiety, and fear, pleasure of joy poem. Wow, a lot of interesting essays in here. Okay, um, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. I remember re writing that pleasure of joy. I actually wrote it right out. Uh, actually, I might have even written it during um, a Hindu uh, religious ceremony with all the women dancing around and stuff. It was about that. I I remember kind of writing some stuff. Anyway, amnesia injection poem, focus, personal motivations, super soul. So finally we get to the real essence of this book. Who's your daddy? Buddhism has no God. Death. Maya. Faith. Into the fold. Path to God. Religion and Philosophy, Footsteps of the Lord, 
Ego and False Ego Three Types of Humans Four Classes and Three Modes of Humanity Spiritual Cycle Sinful Reactions Spiritual Life Eight Levels of Enlightenment of American Zen Remember, I started to tell you about that a minute ago. Fruitive Workers Excuse me. I had a little snack when I went in there since he got one. <laughs> I took him. Anyway. Fruit of workers. Sacrifice. Spirit sex. Spiritual master. More Maya. Surrender. Hi, Bear. Well, it's not a chapter. <laughs> He's down there peering at me around the corner like a little spy. Uh, where were we? Spiritual master, more Maya. Surrender, honor, and obey, cherish, and protect. Abs- That's a song, by the way, from the End of the Line album. That's a marriage song. Honor and obey is the uh, what the woman says, and cherish and protect is what the man says to create the marriage. Absolute truth. Devotion equals to serve. The perfect yogi. Four kinds of pious men. What happened? The book just like totally whacked down on me. Okay, hold on. I'm not used to using this Kindle app. I just had to download the app to read my own book. Wow. Okay, these are all essays in here. There's a lot of topics. God's way. Good or bad. Voices of God. Four types of devotion. Worship who? Bottom line. That's actually a song of mine, but I'm not sure if that's what this essay is. I haven't read this book in a while. Well, actually, I did read it quickly for the audiobook, I think. But uh, anyway, nonviolence. Equanimity. Archangels. God told me to. Sympathy for the devil. God's opulence, demon queller, son of God, kung fu to heaven, field of activities. Knowledge is, modes of life, American Zen spirituality, spiritual allies of all faiths, denominations, and atheists, History of Zen from A to Z, RichardDelConnor.com, Zen Buddhist Podcast of Shaolin Zen, and then the back cover. All right, so those are some interesting topics. I actually want to know what I said about those now. I constantly learn from my own writings, and uh, I, I really do, because I learn and study so much, and then I pick the most amazing information that inspires me and then I kind of write it down and that doesn't mean I've got a photographic memory and remember everything on call. I have to kind of reread it and study it in a different mode to, to really sometimes integrate it back into my own life. All right. Let's, uh, how long has it been? 31 minutes. Um, wow. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that. We'll come back. We'll start with the raves. And these are some quotes, in a, including a Hindu, a Hindu Brahmin, 
and, and such who read the book and gave me a good review. All right, so we'll come back on the raves. So let me see. Let's let's move on with this, this thing. And um, let's see. I'm supposed to do a book ad. You should go get Super Soul 13. It's actually at Amazon. It's only in an ebook form right now. I'd prefer to have it in paperback, so that'll be coming soon. And like I said, I too hurriedly to remember what I read, uh, wrote, or <laughs> I think I recorded the audiobook for this, but maybe not because I don't have it written down. So maybe I didn't do the audiobook for this. We'll see. But go get go get the book and then you can kind of follow along or get ahead of me here. And let's see, what else? Uh, Shaolin Chi Mantis online. Um, well, I'm actually got a Kung Fu school that I've created, not only just to make some money, but because I can't teach anybody, and I don't, and I'm a very excellent Shaolin Kung Fu teacher, perhaps the best in the entire planet. That doesn't mean that I could, I've got the, you know, I can jump the highest of anybody, but I can teach it, I think, better than anybody else I've ever seen or heard of. So my teaching is really awesome because I include the Buddhism and the Taoism and the Confucianism and the theory, and and I've been teaching since 1984. So I mean, I I better be good. I've been teaching full time, and I've seen how to teach people. So. I, I'm, that's at shaolininteractive.com. I pretty much finished the website, but I'm, I'm still recording the videos. I'm halfway through the beginner program. It's going to take 350 videos, which is 350 classes, in order to just get out of my beginner program. That's how long it takes me to just teach the basics before you start the sword and get into the, the more advanced Shaolin forms. So... Um, Anyway, that's what I'm doing right now, and that's really awesome, ShaolinInteractive.com. And then the SBA, I've been contacting them and said, help me. I need to make some money. I'm not selling anything. And so I'm building a website with the SBA's help, and that's at ZenBuddhistPodcast.com. And let's see. What else do I have to say? Uh, oh, I said when I was in my car doing this, I said, oh, I should play my flute along with this song, which is really kind of cool. I did this for a couple of events down in Chinatown, and they would play this song called I'm Certain I'm Not Sure, which is from an unreleased American Zen album, which is it's a, it's actually the part two of Kung Fu Cowboy. Kung Fu Cowboy is really a 36-song album, and I only released the first 18, and then my computer blew up, and I became homeless the next year. So the the second half of the album never got released. Uh, but this is a song on the second half, and I've got a great flute song, flute to it, that I've never recorded, so I was jamming to it, and it's kind of cool. But anyway, um, well, there you go. Maybe what I'll do is I'll give you the song, uh, I'm, I'm Certain I'm Not Sure, uh, just for fun, but it's not going to have the flute on it. It's really a flute song. It's got all kinds of flute all over it. It's really a fun song. So there you go. Uh, let me get out of here. Kung Fu Cowboy, and as you noticed, a cat named Bear is... <laughs> He's here. All right. See you later. What you want, what you get, what I want hasn't happened yet. What you 